Hello and welcome to the Day Health Strategies podcast, Unlocking Accountable Care, the healthcare podcast where we talk everything value-based care with the top experts in the field. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Unlocking Accountable Care. I'm Sarah Matusik, a senior consultant at Day Health Strategies, and I'm here with my colleague, Lizette Roman, who is a consultant with me at Day Health Strategies. Hi, Sarah. Glad to be here and to get to talk to you about case management today. We have a great episode where we sit down with some frontline case management staff to learn a bit more about what the MassHealth Medicaid ACO program has meant for them and how they interact with patients. But before we get there, Sarah and I want to talk a bit about what care management is and why it is crucial for caring for patients in a value-based care program. So let's start with the definition. Case management is a collaborative process of a number of things, assessment, planning, facilitation, care coordination, evaluation, and advocacy for options and services to meet an individual's and family's comprehensive health needs through communication and available resources to promote quality, cost-effective outcomes. Case management is really about thinking holistically about a patient and their needs and connecting them to the resources they need while also helping navigate the healthcare system and coordinate patient care. Great, I think that's a really good definition. Um, and one interesting thing about case management is that it, it really comes in many different varieties. So um, we've talked to a lot of different folks about case management or care management, and typically we get a slightly different variation or definition from different groups, and that's okay. Um, and we know that case management can be done by many different people in the healthcare system. Um, providers can do it, payers sometimes have programs, community-based organizations often have care management programs, or independent care management companies even exist specifically to do this work. Um, and these different organizations typically have really different relationships with PCPs. Uh, the PCP has a panel of patients, and they might have a few patients on that panel who, that need some type of extra, you know, complex case management or care management. And it really depends on what the type of organization is that's providing that care management um, that will drive what the relationship looks like with that office or with that PCP. Um, and as you can imagine, depending on you know what organization that is, they will also have different uh, access levels to data on those patients. Some of them might be able to get right into HR and may be able to see all the notes. Um, some of them might be able to get information about transitions of care, meaning if some patient ends up in an acute care facility or a hospital, then they might be able to get that information so they can reach out and help them with that transition. Um, and then others might not get any of that data. So it really varies. Um, and then in addition, case management programs can focus on different patient populations. So there are some programs that are specific to um, one type of disease, like diabetes. Um, there are other programs that are, you know what, we're just going to help um, provide all the services and care coordination just for people who are in and out of um, hospitals a lot. They call those high utilizers. Um, some programs are just for high-risk patients, so maybe they aren't high utilizers, but they're, they've got some combination of um, uh, diseases or issues that lead them to think that they might be high utilizers at some point, or maybe they're just high cost. 
Um, and then other programs are for just post-discharge, meaning we are helping people get from hospital to home or uh, nursing home to home or some type of facility to another in a way that um, makes sure that they don't land back into that acute care facility just because things weren't managed well on the way out. Um, and then there's just different types of needs that um, different programs can provide. And so who is actually providing those services um, can vary uh, by provider type. So who's doing the care management will also vary. So nurses often do care management, social workers, community health workers. There are lots of different um, types of professionals that can actually provide those services. So I think what we just told you in a long-winded way was that care management is you know, a collection of services that help to uh, provide what a patient needs um, outside of the doctor's office largely and it can be done by lots of different types of organizations and lots of different people so it's pretty varied that makes sense um, so right whereas there might be variation um, in fact we tend to see variation in what case management programs actually look like um, the programs themselves across the board tend to be working towards the same goals um, and they have these programs largely because providers and payers are trying to succeed in value-based care programs like ACOs. So in value-based care arrangements, providers need to keep patients healthy, of course, to reduce the number of healthcare services they need, um, and at the same time score well on the quality measures uh, that the providers are being measured against. Also, case management helps to achieve these goals by working with patients to manage their health conditions and stabilize their social problems to be able to be healthy. Case management programs have been shown to reduce uh, emergency department use and hospitalizations, um, to improve some clinical outcomes, um, definitely to improve patient satisfaction, and also to increase quality of life. Um, so, you know, these are just some kind of pieces of the puzzle that help explain, you know, why is case management important, realizing these goals for value-based care. Right. Thanks for that description, Lizette. Um, I think it might be helpful for our listeners to hear an example patient to better understand what case management is and, and what the different people on the team could do and then why it could lead to uh, positive outcomes. So let's take Joe. He's a 40-year-old man who has uncontrolled diabetes, he's an alcoholic, and he doesn't have stable housing. He's been couch hopping since he lost his job a couple months ago. Um, so Joe goes to the emergency department about once per month for alcohol-related reasons, and he was identified by his insurance company on their list of high emergency department users. And so that insurance company contacted the ACO that he's a part of, and they assigned him to a case management team. Um, and on this team are a, a nurse, a social worker, and a community health worker. And so we'll take each of those team members because each one of them will, um, will help Joe in a different way. So the nurse in this team meets Joe at a local coffee shop where she's working with him to stabilize his diabetes. And to do this, she does things like scheduling an appointment with his PCP and helping him find a way to get there. Um, she provides some education and then she sets goals with him. Now, the social worker on the team um, is also meeting with Joe, and she helps him connect to different resources for his alcoholism, and then she also assesses him for any other behavioral health-type needs, and then regularly checks in with him to monitor his progress. And then lastly, the community health worker helps Joe find temporary housing and then works with him on finding um, a long-term housing option. 
So after a number of months, uh, because of the team working uh, to address all of his needs in a holistic way, Joe is now in stable housing, which allows him to focus on controlling his diabetes and addressing his alcoholism. Um, and his diabetes measures are now in the normal range, and he hasn't had to visit the emergency department in months. So we can talk about theoretical patient examples all day, but I think it might be best said by those actually providing case management services, people who are actually doing the work. Right, and so that's why today we're going to be sitting down with some of the case management staff at the Lowell Community Health Center here in Massachusetts, which is part of the Wellforce Care Plan Medicaid ACO, part of that Mass Health program. So let's get to that interview. Okay, we have a really exciting interview lined up today. I'm sitting here with Becky Williams, who is the Director of Integrated Care and Case Management at the Lowell Community Health Center, and we have the pleasure of having two of her team members with us, Stephanie Gabriel, who is an ACO pediatric social worker on the care team, and Kim Kang, who is the ACO community health worker on the adult team. So we're going to be asking a series of questions specific to case and care management um, related to the ACO program. And we're going to start by asking the three of you um, to give us a little bit of a background uh, about yourselves and your journey and how you landed here today at the health center. So I'll start. This is uh, Becky Williams, and like Sarah said, I am the Director of Integrated Care and Case Management here for the Wellforce ACO at the Lowell Community Health Center. I've been in healthcare for over 20 years. Um, my background is a registered nurse. Um, I really have a strong passion and drive towards value-based care. I really like the idea of healthcare providers and reimbursement being based off of uh, putting the work in to create positive outcomes for patients, not just fee-for-service where you do a test, you get paid, you do an exam, you get paid. We really need to um, address this this spiral of, of cost and out of control use and really get down to the nitty gritty about making it matter to the patient. So I have a strong background in risk-based contracting, shared savings contracting, but as I'm a nurse, I always have that clinical flavor at the end and understanding that there's a patient in the center of it. So hi, I'm Stephanie Gabriel. I'm the ACO pediatric social worker and I'm a licensed uh, social worker. I have been working in the fields for 10 years. Um, I got my master's in 2012. Um, so I've been working with children and families for that whole time. My previous job was working with a lot of young children um, and with early childhood mental health. And a lot of those parents would go to their PCPs with questions about behaviors um, and you know, looking for services for that. And I felt like a lot of times they left without answers. Hi, my name is Kim Kang. Again, I'm a community health worker here at Lowell Community Health Center. I've uh, been here for three years. Uh, it's a wonderful place to work at. Um, I've been working with uh, social services uh, for about 20 years now. Um, I think it's so important to be part of this new integration because, you know, we come to healthcare and sometimes we don't see as a whole, but because this new ACO view, we see everything as a whole and it's really interconnected. And in this way, we can actually, you know, go in and actually find out what's going on with our clients and be able to, you know, uh, strategize with our client and have a goal plan and have everybody working together as a team. So this is really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's jump right in. I, the first question I'd like the three of you to answer is related to care management or case management um, here at the health center and specifically with the ACO. So what does care management mean uh, for the Wellforce Care Plan, Medicaid, ACO specifically, and what do the care teams look like here and generally speaking, what do they do? 
So care management here at the Lowell Community Health Center and within the Wellforce ACO is probably a different view than what anybody's used to when it comes to care management. In all my years of doing care management, we did a lot of telephonic outreach, and if the patient came into the office, you would sit with them and kind of see what they needed. Where the Wellforce uh, Medicaid ACO care management has kind of flipped it on its head, we go to where the patient's at. It's not about coming into the office. It's not about you know catching them when they can answer the phone. It's about going into the patient's home and understanding really what their needs are. It's seeing that the only outfit that they wear to the doctor's office is the only one that they own. It's seeing that, you know, they're not taking their medication because they don't even have food in the refrigerator or running water. It's seeing that um, not only do they not have a car to come to the health center in, but their house is literally falling apart underneath them. So where we do assessments and figure out what the needs of the patients really are, it's more eye-opening because it's out there in the community. So the Wellforce ACO care management teams are, are divided up in kind of a prescribed way, but it really does make sense. So each team is comprised of a registered nurse, a social worker, and then two community health workers. So I'll really briefly talk about the nurse role and then hand it off to my colleagues to talk about their roles more specifically. So as you can imagine, being having patients in a Medicaid ACO, you can quickly realize that some patients have a really complex medical need and other patients have a really complex social needs and behavioral health needs. So depending on the needs of the patient really dictates which member of the team takes the lead on the case. So for example, if we have a patient who has a high medical need, the registered nurse on the team might take on the lead of that case while pulling in all the other members together. So the nurse would do things such as a comprehensive assessment that would include assessing social determinants of health, um, medical needs, can they afford their medication, um, things of that nature, educating them about their disease, do they need disease management, do they need help with affording things, um, and, and really drives the push on whether it's a VNA assessment or things like that. But the nurse really is tasked with the medical part of it. So then the social worker, we would take on the behavioral health cases. And so what that would look like is um, if a child is having a hard time um, accessing you know, services or getting what he needs, we would help refer the families for certain services, either mental health or um, if they needed specific services for autism disorders, we could refer for those as well. We would try to make sure the parents attend the appointments. That's really important and really a challenge for a lot of our families because they forget. They have a lot going on. So we really try to support that follow through with the parents. Um, of course, as you imagine, being the pediatric social worker, we're not only working with the kids, but of course with the parents as well. So there's a lot of parent education on how to work with children who have behavioral or mental health um, challenges. I think the beauty of this being a new program is that social workers were still trying to figure out kind of what exactly our role is and how we can help the families in the best way. But a lot of it has been um, making referrals and then coordinating with anybody that they already have involved. Um, so as Becky was saying that we have two community health workers in each team. So what we do is we make the initial contact. Um, we usually try to make a phone call and then we could also go see them at their home to assess of what they need. So what the community health workers do is we're like the resource pro. Um, so we have clients that will come in for housing issues or they need help with applying for housing, applying for food stamps or social security. So we do all of that and basically we do everything, but each client is so different and so complex um, and then we kind of work together in interplanetary system um, and work with the team and with the uh, with the clients as well so one piece that Kim isn't mentioning that is so integral to the success of this program the success of working with these clients is that our community health worker team 
speaks a number of languages other than English, and we also have additional medical interpreters here at the Community Health Center. Here at the Health Center, more of our patients are non-English speaking than the other way around. And as you can imagine, trying to enter a healthcare system that doesn't make sense on any given day, um, having anxiety and stress about their medical needs, the community health workers are not only someone who literally speaks the same language as them, but they understand the cultural implications and things that could be perceived as not adherence or non-compliance really have a cultural background to them, and they're able to develop this really great rapport that just opens the door wide open for us to be able to do the case management that the nurses and social workers so desperately want to do. Thank you so much for that. I think that's a really good overview of what the teams look like and what they do. And in fact, um, I think that we understand what the goal of the program is. Can you describe who a typical patient in care management is? And actually, now that you are all spoken, I can hear that that's kind of a crazy question to ask. <laughs> but you know, maybe just give me an example of you know a, a what you would think of as a, a patient in care management. So whenever I think about the patients that come into our Wellforce ACO, there's kind of a couple of buckets of patients that we're looking at, right? We have the patients who are extremely high utilizers. Maybe they're in and out of the emergency room. They either have diagnosed behavioral health conditions. They have undiagnosed behavioral health conditions. Hopefully they don't have behavioral health conditions, but they're the ones that are the super high utilizers. We know about them. Every doctor knows who they are. They could probably name you five or 10 right off the bat. So there are those people that interject with the healthcare system. And then we have the people who have chronic medical problems that don't seek care and don't seek services that we don't know about because they only crop up during a, maybe a one-time hospital discharge or maybe they got sick and they came in for a visit. But we have these kind of the rising risk, the bubbling under the surface, and those patients can take on any sort of flavor. They could be your uncontrolled diabetics or it could be something as simple as just, again, those basic housing needs. Maybe they don't have a house, they can't have food. You know, I say it to physicians all the time, those patients don't care about their cholesterol med when they literally have nothing to eat. One case in particular, um, so we got a referral for, he's about 18 months, um, because he has significant medical concerns. Um, he is trach dependent, so we can't breathe on his own regularly. Um, and I'm a social worker, so I'm not going to go into all the medical jargon, but um, he's a lot, he's immobile, he has no speech, um, so he, he really ha is very complex. And so he was referred to us, actually he was a hospital discharge, so the insurance company had let us know um, to reach out because he may need some support. So when we went out to meet with the mom, who is Spanish-speaking, so my community health worker went out with me, there's um, six kids. They were evacuees from Puerto Rico, um, and they're living in a hotel. So you can imagine things are a little hectic and crowded. Um, mom was also had just given birth when we went out um, to meet with them, and that baby had medical issues as well um, on a feeding tube, and her liver or kidney was grown outside of her stomach wall. So it, it was complex medical stuff. And then the four older children, um, a lot of them were having behavior issues in school. So you go out for one um, patient, and you end up picking up six. Um, and so we're working with them. On, it's a lot of collaborating, so they had a lot of people in place already so we're working with their housing workers the school social workers um, the uh, well now our patient is actually in um, a rehab so we're working with the staff there on kind of getting him what he needs for when he's ready to discharge so it's a lot of connecting the pieces um, meeting the, beha the medical behavioral social needs of the entire family not just that one patient um, and just trying to do connect to them to whatever resources we can find.
So the children in the hotel room that, you know, were not your patient that you were, um, you know, said you kind of get the whole family, those might be considered rising risk because they have housing issues, they've got some behavioral health issues. So they aren't necessarily on your list and they aren't being discharged from the hospital, but they certainly could be you could prevent a hospitalization or some major issue. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the bigger goals is definitely to reduce costs to the insurance company with emergency room visits, with inpatient hospitalizations. Um, and so, you know, they actually have a five-year-old who um, had already seen the crisis team because of significant out-of-control behavior. So exactly, it's getting in there, referring them to the services, trying to connect them to things in the community to keep them out of those places. And the insurance company will benefit too because the costs are, are driven down. So a lot of my efforts on the pediatric team when I get those behavioral discharges is definitely trying to make sure they stay out of the hospitals. So I'd like to spend a couple of minutes on impact. Um, I think we're, we know that we're early on in the ACO, um, but we would love to hear about some, you know, some things that are happening that are actually making a difference. So what impact has care management program had so far, especially given that, um, as listeners might not know, the health center actually didn't have uh, a care management department prior to this ACO program. So here at the health center, we're actually in a really unique um, circumstance where our ACO team, although we're out in the community caring for patients, we're physically located at the health center. So that means that we're on the shared uh, electronic health record as the primary care providers. We're just an elevator ride or a few stairwells away if we need to run up. So if there's a patient in, say, the walk-in center that literally just signed up for WellForce minutes before and they identify needs, we can literally run down the hallway and go see that member. If um, a patient's on the phone, they can send a message right through the system. So others have to physically go and hope they can find the space at the, the primary care physician's office or pick up the phone and hope the message doesn't get lost along the way. But here at the health center, we're looked at just like any other employee. We mix in with the rest of the nurses and the MAs and the social workers, and we're just another piece of the puzzle way that uh, the case management team or the care management team has really integrated themselves uh, within the health center is having like team meetings, so interdisciplinary team meetings. So this could be a nurse or, or the social worker meeting with the primary care provider, maybe pulling in the clinical pharmacist. Um, myself as the director, I love sitting in on those meetings because I'm not as intimately involved with the cases so I can give, you know, third party unsolicited advice. Um, but another great success is we have lots of little specialty clinics here at the health center and that might be our OB GYN and family planning department. It might be our Carino, which is an HIV-focused um, department, which is an offshoot of adult medicine. And I think Kim can speak a little bit more about how we really can work between our ACO case management team and the Carino team to really wrap our hands around these um, highly sensitive members. Mm. Yeah, so ACO, like we said, is really unique. And by saying that, it's because we work with just not just our department. We have so many departments in Lowell Community Health Center. So for example, if somebody in OB uh, may need clothes for their um, for their unborn child, they will reach out to me. And I would then you know, go out to the community, go to the Giving Tree or the Wish Project. They're wonderful agencies. Um, and get, to get those clothes for our clients and give it to them and actually bring it to their home. So that's the thing about ourselves, our CHW, is that we don't just stay in the that desk we're outside we're in the community so if they want to meet us at Dunkin Donuts we'll go meet them at Dunkin Donuts if they need us to bring the clothes to their home we will so this is really great that we could all work together in this whole this whole clinic um, and whether whatever resources we have we share with each other and it's not just medical services that you're helping people connect to right 
I heard from other staff here the great story about a family getting bunk beds. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, we have health promotion as well. They um, emailed me to see if I can make up some magic. <laughs> um, and we did. We got the bunk bed for the kids. They got new pillows, mattresses, everything. It was really exciting. Um, and then the lady from Health Promotion brought it to their home. So that was a really great effort. Um, it took one day, and I'm glad that we were, it was a, a team effort. We were great that we did it for the client, and they were so happy. And we also have a uh, pregnant mother as well, too. And this is actually a great example. You know, we have our license so short that's actually helping. We also have the BHS here that's helping us long. The PCP is here the peer and us uh, CHW as well and it's a really uh, such an incredible story and we're still working on it and because of this whole new ACO integration it's, it's better it's, it's working for our clients yeah yeah what about you Stephanie do you have an example well, I think the biggest examples is just, again, keeping these kids out of these inpatient hospitalizations. So one case specifically, he was hospitalized four times last year, even though he's in an alternative school setting. Um, they sent him from school constantly because of out-of-control behaviors. And since the intake over the summer with, with myself for case management, I've just connected the pieces. You know, I've just, I went to the meeting um, at the school. I brought the outpatient therapist. I brought my team. I explained some of the medical stuff he has going on, which could be impacting behaviors and just pulled the pieces together. And he's been doing so much better and with some advocacy on some changes on his IEP, they haven't called mom at all. So I think it's a lot of it is just connecting these pieces, making sure people are communicating. You know, we all have so much to do every single day that I get it, but sometimes these kids are suffering because the adults around them can't kind of come together. Um, so that's definitely an example. And I think how we know it's working is that for me, like my parents call me, they respond to my calls, they respond to my text messages, they're reaching out for help. So for me, that's how I know I'm being helpful because they keep talking to me. <laughs> that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> yep. And the, and the client that you and I work with too, that one is really great too. That just shows how that I'm working with Stephanie, even though she's the licensed social worker. I've been working with this client since the beginning. And now, you know, he's He's working. Yeah. <laughs> He's working. He's doing what he wants to do, and we're helping him with everything. So fun. <laughs> Biggest challenges. What's been hard? I'm sure you've. I'm sure you have a few things. <laughs> So in terms of biggest challenges, I think um, from what I've seen thus far is that uh, unfortunately the ACO were kind of the victims of having to play catch up from years and years of unchecked utilization. This is the first time we've had to tell people, I'm sorry, you know, you can't take your child to Boston Children's. Tufts is in network, or I know you want to go do this, that's a really high cost, you know, exam or test or provider, let's talk about it again. Um, you know, VNA, I, I understand you've had, you know, visiting nurse coming to your home five times a day, every day for the past five years, but now we need to sit down and really evaluate, do you really need that nurse? Let's talk about, you know, what you can do on your own, because we all know in case management, there are some patients that have to continue to be managed forever. But the goal of case management is always self-management. We want to give them the tips and the tools and the education they need to meet their own goals and to be able to care for themselves, and whether that means their family's wrapped around them or something. But we don't want to make them dependent on the system. So sometimes we're like those bad guys that have to do the assessments and the evaluations. And what we've seen is patients who have had these services, and <coughs> even if the services aren't going well, the fear of you taking something away is so much stronger than pushing back and saying this just isn't working for me so having to 
come in cold, sounds like you're from the insurance company, sounds like you're worried about costs. And it even it's even hard with providers because they feel like they've been doing the right things for their patients all along. And here we come in sounding like we're the payer, trying to eliminate services when really all we're trying to do is assess the situation and make sure that the patient's receiving the right service from the right provider at the right time. I can see how that'd be challenging, and just because it's new. I think because it's new also, it's been it's still a work in progress in how we kind of explain to professionals and families what we do, who we work for. You know, they hear the connection to the health insurance, and, um, you know, they, people want help. Everybody wants help. So sometimes, you know, we get requests that we can't really do much with, um, but we're trying to just, you know, navigate the system and the new program together. And I think, um, for sure, one of the challenges with working with the families is the lack of resources, the lack of mental health services, um, especially for children, but also for adults. Um, there's a real lack <coughs> of that in this community. And so, you know, people suffer. Um, and I think, you know, housing is a huge, huge barrier for these families. You know, if they can't get stable housing and feel like they're safe in their home, then how are they going to be able to even care about getting to their appointments or meeting their medical or behavioral health needs? So there's uh, definitely a huge issue with housing in the area. Definitely from the CHW point of view, housing and transportation are the two biggest challenges that we uh, we deal with today. I mean, we already know already that um, the prices here in Lowell are so expensive, um, even ourselves can't even do it. Um, so that's one of the biggest challenges, but we're hoping that the ACO will be able to help next year in our new budget and so forth. And the other one is transportation as well, too, because a lot of our clients, they can't come here not because they don't want to. They can't come here because they don't want, don't have money to ride a taxi or they're too sick to be, you know, to be leaving their home. So there's so many different challenges, and that's why it's so important when we go into their home and do these in, uh, home visits, we see what they have in their home. We can see that they don't have food or they don't they don't have clothes they wear the same clothing as I saw them last week um, so it's so important to go be to go to their home and to see what they have um, but I'm just hoping that you know that we'll have a plan for better for the housing and for transportation so it is a new program um, but it's five years so we've got four more I can't believe we're almost coming up around the one-year mark um, what are your hopes for the future what, what do you think is possible I have kind of two ideas for the hope for the future. So at a, a closer 5,000-foot view, I suppose, um, I hope that we're able to prove how successful case management is here at the Community Health Center. So as Sarah mentioned before, we haven't had case management traditionally. We've had some community health workers, and they were typically funded through a variety of grants. So maybe there was an asthma grant, and we could have community health workers that really focused on asthma. We know here that the well-forced population does make up the majority of members here in the health center, but it's not everybody. So I'm really hoping that we can scale this program and expand it and really take in everybody, regardless of their payer source, whether it's no insurance or health safety net members, which are so at risk, uh, or our Medicare beneficiaries. But at a greater, you know, 30, 50, 100,000 foot view, the idea of this demonstration project, the fact that, you know, when it comes to risk adjustments and really understanding what the risk of a member is, traditionally it's only uh, medical claims and costs. And, you know, if you have a provider that can really code to specificity, then you can get those dollars from the federal government. But the, the benefit of this demonstration project is that it pulls in these social determinants of health and it understands that factors like homelessness, food insecurity, um, inability to read, all of those pieces impact health. So if you take those into account and you pile those into your risk adjustment, then you really do understand that that 
providers or whomever should be paid at a higher rate when they're taking care of these extremely complex patients because we know that those issues are what gets in the way of treating the diabetes and the hypertension and the rest of the chronic medical diseases. I think for me, you know, what's been really cool that I've learned so far is how it's been so awesome to work with all these different disciplines. So with the nursing team, the social workers, and the community health workers, you know, the knowledge that we all have combined is so amazing to me. And there's never nothing we can't offer a family. And I think um, it's just been so rewarding to be able to work as teams like this um, and to see, you know, really what we can offer these families because some of these families would have never come into contact with a bunk bed um, or have made it to their appointments to see the psychiatrist if we weren't involved. And I think, you know, those small gains eventually will just show how important this case management really is. No, definitely, and I definitely want to piggyback on what Stephanie said. You know, that's why it's so great with the ACO is we have each person to help with each uh, issue. You know, we have myself, if they, have, if they need resources, we have Stephanie's licensed social, we got our registered nurse. So we have everybody in hand, and I, right now it's doing well, and I do hope that's going to work better, and I think it will. Um, it's really nice to call the clients and they know who we are now, and they will come, and they will, oh, let's come to my house anytime, like our friend, come over anytime. So I think it's gonna keep growing. I think we're a great team, so I think it's definitely gonna work. I actually, um, this this recording was perfect timing. I actually received an email with a thank you note today from a family member who said, you know, this was so wonderful. You know, thank you for caring so much to come into my home. And, you know, not only did you meet my needs, but you asked me questions if there was anything else I really needed. You know, I think clinicians um, traditionally, you know, they get those 15, 20, 30 minutes. And I think a lot of them are left kind of feeling at a loss. You know, we do a lot of the shoulder shrug and the I wish I could do something but now they know that there's a group of people that can do things all you have to do is reach out and ask that is exciting those connections that was nice I got the <coughs> excuse me I got the email and I was like wow you know to have a client you know email the director of Meta you know that that we house you know we met with the children the kids and we went and got clothes for them and brought it to their home I mean, yes, they were thankful, but you know that they sent an email to, you know, to the director there, and then that, that's something, it's so rewarding. The wild work is just rewarding, really, really rewarding. Well, that is a good note to end on. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I think this was really enlightening and uh, uplifting and positive, and um, we look forward to talking to you again, because I would love to hear more about how this is going in yes. the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That interview was really fun uh, to do. It's so exciting to hear that the program's working and actually changing lives. So at the beginning of this episode, we talked to you a little bit about how case management programs differ, um, and we also heard from the Lowell Community Health Center's program team. And so taking those two together, I think it'd be helpful to just highlight how the health center is different from what many case management providers are able to do and how that has been setting them up for success in, the, in this particular program. And so one of the things is that the health center program um, embodies many of the case management best practices, like doing in-person case management as opposed to just being on the phone. Um, and, and they also have a strong connection between the case management team and the providers, uh, the, the PCPs at the health center. Um, in fact, the, we heard from the health center team that they're located in the same building as the PCPs, um, and they actually have access to the same electronic health records um, as the PCPs use. And so 
those two things um, really enabled them to be more successful. And um, frankly, it's just a luxury that many case management teams don't have and, and might not ever be able to have. Agreed. But Sarah, you know, aside from best practices, I think another aspect of the health center's program, another aspect that makes it so successful is that their case management model includes a multidisciplinary team that works together to address medical, behavioral, and social needs of their patients. And it's those, those features, right, holistic care management, multidisciplinary teams, that are really given a lot of lip service in the healthcare industry. And so it's nice to hear from teams actually doing this and, and doing it well. Um, you know, I just want to say in general, I, I agree. I thought that was a great interview. Um, and I do hope we get a chance to hear more about the, the work that the case management team is doing at the health center. Um, I was happy to hear that it sounds like this program's actually working, um, working not only from a cost or quality measure perspective, but also from a patient perspective, right, where patients and families are getting what they need. Um, you know, it was encouraging to hear that the case management team is able to work uh, to meet their patients' needs in a way that they really were not able to before the ACO. So, you know, if I had to, to sum it up, if you made me go out on one sentence, Sarah, I'd say that this is not business as usual, and that's exactly the idea behind value-based care. If you are interested in learning more about accountable care or how organizations can succeed in today's healthcare system, please visit our website, www.dayhealthstrategies.com, check out our blog, follow us on Twitter, and join our mailing list. We regularly post content relevant to current healthcare issues and overcoming challenges in delivering value-based care.